Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to uh, Joseph Franta Ministries podcast, uh, Truth For Today. And uh, we're going to look at some scriptures today regarding the king, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is a a wonderful subject because we are in the end times, living in the end of days, and uh, the king is coming. And he's coming for you. He's coming for everyone that is a believer that has put their trust in Jesus Christ and uh, their hope in him and uh, they are depending and relying on him alone for their salvation, their provision, their direction in life. So I want to just start out with Psalm 24 because it has a lot of references to the king and uh, let's just start up at verse 1, Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or shall stand in his holy place? So that's referring to Jerusalem, Mount Zion, the hill of the Lord. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul to falsehood or vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. You know, this is so important to all you who are listening today that have tuned in, that we realize that through the blood of Jesus, we're washed clean. And if you've accepted Christ and uh, accepted his sacrifice for you on the cross, then you do have clean hands and a pure heart. But of course, God is always working his will in our lives, and he's always working his ways in our lives so that we will understand the ways of the Lord and follow after the Spirit of the Lord, be led and controlled by the Holy Spirit. So here he says, who can enter in or ascend? Oh, it is an ascending too, saints. Uh, When we go to the Lord, Uh, For by one spirit, we have access through him to the Father. That is so important. Ephesians 2.18. This is ascending. This is going into the throne room of God. And I want to just read that there for just a minute in Ephesians chapter 2. So you see it. 2.18. And through him... Christ, we both have access, meaning Jew and Gentile, the whole world, all peoples, and through him we both have access by one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, unto the Father. Wow. Having access to God. You know, uh, you uh, people can buy access today uh, into different things, uh, investments or whatever, But, you know, this is access to the most holy place. This is uh, coming boldly into the throne room of God 
that we may receive mercy, wonderful loving kindness, and grace, God's power, ability, in the time of our need. So we have access to God's presence. We have access to his authority. We have access to his fellowship in the throne room. We have access to him through praise, through worship. Uh, it's amazing, through the Holy Spirit, he takes us in. The Holy Spirit reveals the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit takes us into the throne room and gives us access. And the blood of Jesus has purchased access into the throne room of God for us so there's no difficulty moving into the presence of God for any believer that is walking uprightly with the Lord. And if you have stumbled, then just repent quickly, receive forgiveness, confess your sins, receive forgiveness, and be immediately restored to his presence and to uh, your righteousness in him. This is a great day. This is a, a, a day of celebration. Uh, the Bible talks about this day that we're in. Uh, this day is a day of great celebration for the believer and for the church. This is not a day of a gloom and doom and, uh, you know, uh, depression, disappointment. No, no. Uh, we, are, we are in a year of jubilee every day of our lives in Christ. Jubilee is when uh, the Lord restored everything during the jubilee period. In the Old Testament, their lands were restored. Their debts were canceled. Uh, you know, everything that they had lost was recovered and restored. So, hey, people of God, we're in a, in a celebrating time. We're in the day of Jubilee. Christ Jesus is our Jubilee. And he has restored everything to us that we have lost through sin or, uh, you know, our own disobedience. We are a restored people. We are a peculiar people, or it says a purchased people uh, of God. We're purchased by the blood of Jesus. Uh, we belong to him, and he belongs to us. So we are actually in a very intimate, personal relationship with the Lord. And he, uh, he loves it. I mean, he looks forward every day to you and I waking up uh, to this relationship and uh, waking up to fellowship with him. This is why he created us to fellowship with him. How exciting is that? And uh, in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures, pleasures of every kind forevermore. You know, this relationship with Christ is really beyond words. But the Bible does give us many, many revelations of it. And these revelations bring us closer to God, into his presence, so that we can walk with God in this hour and this day. And you know, people say, oh, this is a, this is a tough day to live. Oh yeah, well, it's a little tough, but it's the greatest day to ever be alive. It's, this is the day of the fulfillment 
of all the apostles and the prophets, everything that they ever prophesied, spoke of, taught, is being fulfilled in our day. All the prophets from Samuel and onward, they, their prophecies, their foreknowledge is being fulfilled every day. And we're seeing greater and greater fulfillment of it as, as we live on in these days. So don't be discouraged. Take hold of that place in God to fellowship with him in his throne room, in his presence, and to walk in his authority. He's fulfilling his purpose and call on your life. You know, there is a scripture, and I'd like to turn there, uh, in Jeremiah. It's Jeremiah 15, if I recall right. And I really love how this uh, scripture is uh, framed. Because in Jeremiah 15, Jeremiah was a very young man when God called him. And uh, he was a little bit insecure because of it. But God was encouraging him constantly to stand in his place and uh, be the, the prophet, the man of God uh, to Israel that he had called him to be. Now in Jeremiah uh, chapter 15, verse 15, it says, O Lord, thou knowest, remember me and visit me and revenge me of my persecutors. Take me not away in thy long suffering. Know that for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. So he's basically a little bit down at this point and, and he's been persecuted quite a bit because he had the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord for those people at that time, uh, it was not well received by many people. But then in verse 16, he gives us an insight that I think is very, very vital for every Christian in this hour. It says in verse 16, thy words were found. Oh, this is what turned everything around for Jeremiah. He was a little despondent, a little discouraged, but then thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing or delight of my heart. So the word of God can turn everything around in your circumstances. So please pay attention to it. Hide it in your heart. Lay it up in your heart. God told uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, he told them to lay up his word in their hearts. And uh, it was a powerful, that's a powerful chapter. You ought to take a look at it. Jeremiah, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 11. So here in Jeremiah 15, 16, God's bringing Jeremiah out of depression and despondency. Thy words were found and I did eat them and thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. In other words, the word got down in his heart. It wasn't just in his head. The word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The word of God can penetrate your heart. And when it does, you'll be on fire for God. You'll be a fire that cannot be quenched. And so here he says, 
for I am called by thy name. Now that's a little phrase there that we kind of read through sometimes. But in the margin of this Bible, it says, thy name, thy name is called upon me. Oh my goodness, I like the way that's phrased. That's the Hebrew for I am called by thy name. I'm gonna read it again because it's really a powerful revelation and brings understanding. Thy name is called upon me. You've heard of God putting his hand on people? Well, this is God putting his name on people. Uh, Thy name is called upon me. In other words, God calls us, puts his name on our lips to speak forth all the excellencies of his glory to the world. And then he says, I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts, the Lord of angel armies. And then, uh, you know, he goes on and begins to rehearse again some of his uh, challenges to God. But I want to go back again to uh, Psalm 24. Because we're living in a day and an hour when the king is coming. And he's coming for you if you've received him as your Lord and Savior. So in Psalm 24, my Bible will cooperate and I can get back there. In Psalm 24, it says, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Well, when we have fellowship with God, we're ascending. Yeah. And, and when we neglect God and forsake fellowship with God, we're descending. So, you know, we want to be constantly ascending upward and not living a life where we're going backward. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord and, or who shall stand in his holy place? Oh, his holy place. That's where all the, the dirt is removed from your life. That's where all the uh, pollution of this world is washed from your life, from your mind and your heart. That's a powerful place in his standing in his holy place where God can purify your heart and cleanse you Oh, it's powerful. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Who can stand in that place? Well, God has to clean you up sometimes and purify your heart sometimes, but he'll do everything he can to make you stand in that place if you're a believer who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity or falsehood, nor sworn deceitfully. You know, telling the truth is so important. I remember growing up, my, my father and my grandfather both, they said, I'll always tell the truth, no matter if it's very uncomfortable or not. And I remember that. That got inside of me. And it's still in me to this day. And I actually it established in me a, a certain respect or love for the truth. In other words, it's something that I was taught to value. And it really... It really 
formed my life and my character in many ways. And it'll form yours too, if you'll prize the truth, treasure the truth, and refuse to lie or be dishonest or speak falsehood. Very important. It'll bring you in the presence of God so quickly, instantly, when you turn to him, when your heart is free from deceit. So now we're going to go on here and he says, this man who has clean hands and a pure heart and has not lifted up his soul to vanity or falsehood or, or sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord. You know, many people are seeking the blessing, but you know what? It comes from the Lord. You can't manufacture the blessing. You can't just declare you're going to be blessed. And I'm all for declaring the word of God. But if your heart's not right with God, you can declare it all, all you want. But when your heart's pure and your hands are clean, you're walking uprightly. Like Jesus, he loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, his God, anointed him with the oil of joy above his companions. When you've got that anointing on your life because you love righteousness and hate lawlessness, the blessings just are attracted to your life and drawn to you like a magnet. You don't have to, you know, sweat and work and strive for them. God will bring them to you. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him. I, I am just prophesying this to all the young people at the beginning of this new year, that they are going to be the generation that seeks God. They're going to see through the fog and sift through the rubble, and they're going to see what life is all about, about seeking God. The Bible says the Lord has looked out from heaven upon the sons of men to see if there is anyone who understands who seeks after God. That's what life is all about, knowing God. All these other things will come to you. They'll be added to you. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. How glorious. I can tell you it's the truth. I can tell you that is absolutely the truth. I've seen God do that for me and for many others that have sought first the kingdom of God. And I love being around people like that. They're contagious. They rub off on you. Their zeal, their love, their fire for the Lord. It's, contag it's really contagious. This is the generation of them that seek him. Young people out there, you're a chosen generation. And the Bible says that you're the generation that's going to seek God and turn the world upside down. I believe it. It's coming out of me prophetically this morning, and I really believe that's true for the young people. Whatever generation you're in, millennial or 
you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. You're, pre- you're precious to the Lord. Your, your life is valuable and significant. You count. Your life counts for the Lord. And as you seek him, you'll find him when you search for him with all your heart. And when you find him, he brings everything he is and everything he has with him and blesses your life with it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Referring to Israel there. Seeking his face. You know, you can have fellowship with God face to face. Moses talked with God face to face as a man talks with his friend. That's how intimate Moses was with the Lord. And it says in Proverbs, the Lord is intimate with the upright. And if you're in Christ, you're the righteousness of God. In Christ, you're the upright, and so God's intimate with you. It's time for you to get more intimate with him. And as you do, what's in him will be transferred to your life and deposited on the inside of you, and you'll be filled with all the fullness of God. That's what God has for your life. That's his will for you to be filled with all the fullness of God, for you to be filled with the knowledge of his will too and to have divine direction every day of your life from the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you. You know, this is a great life. This this life of Christ and Christ in us, the hope of glory, it's a great life. This is not some common life. This is not some, you know, religious drag. No, this is God inside us working and doing and performing his will through us. It's God living his life through you. Oh, it's so glorious. I tell you, today, I'm, I'm just going to give a you know, little bit of information today, but today is my 74th birthday. I, I reached 74. Only by the mercy and the grace of God did I do it. His keeping power kept me for 74 years. And I want you to know I'm more excited about God now than I've ever been in my life because I'm having fellowship with him every day. And it's not something I'm trying to work up. I mean, I just get up, go down into my den, and I just start fellowshipping with God. And his presence is always there to meet me. It's not because of works of righteousness that I have done, but it's because of his grace and his goodness that he shows toward me because I'm one of his sons. I'm an heir. I'm a child of the king. I tell you what, what an honor. I cannot tell you. If you don't know already, what an honor and privilege it is to know Jesus Christ and to walk with him and to serve him and to love him and to worship him. There's nothing greater on the face of this earth than to know Jesus. David said, the goodness of God is my good. Yeah. Not his huge bank account, 
not his, you know, huge estate, not his palace. He said, the goodness of God is my good. And when Moses asked the Lord, he said, Lord, show me your glory. And God was really close to Moses. And the Lord said, okay, I'll tell you how I'm going to answer this, Moses. You go there and stand in the cleft of the rock, and I'll pass before you, but not my front side because you couldn't, you couldn't take it. But I'll, I'll let all my goodness, he said, I'll let my backside go before you, and I'll let all my goodness pass before you. You don't think that was an experience, all God's goodness passing before that man? The man who was up on the mountain in the fire of God for 40 days and 40 nights, and God wrote the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone with his finger. That man knew God. He knew him. as Abraham did. Abraham was called the friend of God. David, God said about him, he was a man after God's own heart. All these things are written for our example upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, God wants you to be that close to him as Abraham was, as Moses was, as David was, as Paul and Peter were. That's why they wrote those epistles, so that you could know and increase in the knowledge of God and you could your life could draw near to Him in a glorious relationship. People talk about the power of God. I'll tell you what, the power of God is centered on relationship with Jesus Christ and with the Father. Jesus said in His high priestly prayer in John 17, Father, the glory that you have given to me, I have given to them. And I, I've read that and meditated on that for a long time, actually. And one day I was meditating on it, and I got a new insight from the Lord. When Jesus said, Father, the glory which you have given to me, I have given to them. What was that glory that Jesus gave to us? It was none other than the Holy Spirit to live in us and to be upon us, the spirit of glory. That same spirit that was in Jesus and on Jesus was transferred to us. And you can read about it in Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost. The spirit that was on Jesus, that raised him from the dead, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead came upon them on the day of Pentecost like a mighty rushing wind and like tongues of fire. God is a consuming fire. God sitting upon them, transferring his glory to them. And that day, whatever it was, 3,000 people were saved when, when Peter opened his mouth because he had divine utterance and glories flowing out of his lips. That wasn't just for him, it's for us too. Our Father is the Father of glory. Our Savior, Jesus, is the Lord of glory. It says 
prophetically someday that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Think about it. How expansive the sea is. How much of the earth it takes up and how deep it is. The depths of it. The glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. It'll be so deep and expansive. It'll touch every living thing on the earth. I want to finish this. I only got a minute left. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Verse 7, Psalm 24. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be, lift, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. <clears throat> We're living in a glorious day under the covering of a glorious Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him to, for, to help you to draw near to him today. I want to thank you for being with us on Truth For Today. God loves you. We love you. And have a fabulous day. Thank you.